Hey, 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 guys, it is Allison. I am the host of your show, Allison Answers Mission Awake. I cannot wait to sit down with you today and go over how we are going to crush the mediocrity in your life that has been plaguing our society since the beginning of time. I cannot wait to have a real deal conversation that includes intelligence, fun, excitement, and real actionable steps to make a real difference in the life that you're living now and making it into something you can be damn proud of and excited to live. Sit down, put on your damn seatbelt, and get ready for the ride of your life. Hey guys, how are you? It is Allison from Allison Answers coming at you with today's podcast. And it is going to be a solo podcast with just me, just me here talking to you guys. And what I want to talk to you guys today about is the return. First of all, I'll talk to you a little bit about our mission and why we're even here and the reason that we're doing this. So it's so important for me to be super clear why I left and why I came back. So I've been gone for a period of time from this particular podcast because you know I had a really serious tragedy happen in my life and I lost my husband. My husband died suddenly and tragically. And I needed to pull back. I needed to take care of myself and my children and really, really face the really like agony that was inside of myself and and my own kids. But one of the things I want to share with you guys today is the concept of going from tragedy to triumph. And I am still in the process of that. And it will be a long term experience for me. But one of the things that I really have learned during this period of time is that when things are the darkest, that we have to kind of scramble for a choice. And what I had to do in that period of time, when, you know, I found out that my husband, you know, was dead, really, I was out of my mind, shocked and in utter unbearable pain. And what I realized over the next couple of days was that I had a choice and I had to make one quickly. And the choice I had to make quickly was how, what I was going to do with the circumstances of my life and how I was going to handle the pain that was inside of me and the pain that was ahead of me and the pain that was ahead of me for my children as well. And what I needed to do was, it was almost like in desperation, I had to find a solution. Over the last several, several years, as you guys have been listening to me, anybody who comes to my counseling centers, you know, what I say, I, I really try to live. And the, the main focus of this podcast is it's Mission Awake. And Mission Awake is about not falling into the mediocrity that's been handed to us from generation to generation, from our culture, from our communities, from our church communities, from our school communities, from our peer groups, from the the media. And what I really am so passionate about, and I, I, I cannot rest. It is almost like I have this incredible itching discomfort when I think about the majority of us do not know. The majority of human beings do not realize that they are automated. They do not realize that the way that they think, the way that they feel, the way that they react, 
the behaviors that they're doing, the choices that they're making, where they end up landing in their life are directly related to their operating system, which is their body. And we are all subject to that until we know that we're subject to that. When we know that we are subject to the mechanisms in our body and the way that we we process the data that's coming into our body through our uh, five senses, our eyes, our ears, our nose, our experience tangibly, what we're, what we're experiencing around us, and the way that it's coming into our body creates neurological networks that create, in repetition, they create a belief system through what I'm, I'm going, I can explain this neurologically, but what I want you to understand is my, my passion here is about awakening souls. It's about awakening as many people as I can to the truth that we need to learn how to take charge of our operating system. And what that means is I need to be in charge of the way I think, the way that I feel, the way that I believe. And in turn, I am in charge of the creation of my life. No matter what, we don't realize that the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we believe is the creator of our lives. And I'm, I'm, I'm a woman of faith. I believe in God, and but I believe that I'm co-creating with him or without him. So the way that we think, the way that we perceive things directly impact the outcomes. And when we shift our thinking and we, we literally create new outcomes, but the fact that we are automated creates an illusion that um, we're just dealt the cards we're dealt, that this is the life that I have. I have no choice. I have no choice really where I live, who I live with, how I live, how much money I have. If I'm able to experience my passions, if I can be happy, happiness is has somehow been taught to us that it's not a choice. I'm going to tell you it's damn straight right now. It's a choice and we have it. And, you know, bringing you back to like what I began this with, you know, I, I, I feel um, kind of like an obligation to let you guys know what I've just been through. I'm not really ready to tell the whole story because when I tell the story, I cry. So it, I really don't, I'm not ready to do that yet, you know, on our podcast, but I will. It's just that, you know, I really want to get a point across is that at that, you know, that dividing line, that moment of tragedy, I really had to make consistent choices about how, what I was going to do with that. So what I could have done with that is I could have, and believe me, I wanted to many different times. I wanted to say, oh God, you know, this is just your life, Allison. You can't have great things. Bad things happen to you. You know, you're not the girl who gets the wonderful life. You know, I could have went down that path because those were old beliefs of mine from the time I was a little girl. So as a little girl, I was neglected. I had different types of abuse that happened to me. I had, um, I had really, really, really tragic experiences that would probably curl your hair and they will be in my book. When my book comes out, I suck because I just keep putting off, putting out my book and having it published, but it's going to happen soon. But anyhow, so in that, in my life experiences, 
um, I repeatedly had to learn, and I think that I'm continuing to have to learn how to experience tragedy and difficulty and a dark place and find a way to find happiness, find greatness, find, create something out of the shit and make something better than the shit was bad. So my decision, like day three after CJ died, was that I, no matter what, and I remember thinking this, no matter the fudge what, no matter what, me and my children, no matter what, we're going to gain more than we lost because the loss was so overwhelming. It was like drowning us. So the loss was so big. It's this mountain, right? So I'm like, okay, that means that I have to find so much goodness. I have to find so much gain. I have to create the gain. I have to create the goodness. I have to create something to overpower the incredible, insurmountable drowning loss. So in that thinking, I also had to say to myself, it's not going to happen today. So I think this translates to a lot of us in the way that we need to change in our lives, because we will have a belief system inside of us that is overpowering. The belief system could be, you know, I'm not good enough, or, you know, I'm never going to be able to make a lot of money, or, you know, I don't know how to do this, or I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not anything. Whatever it is, these belief systems that we don't even know are there, by the way, it's very important to know what you believe and to pay attention to it and stop ignoring it. Because if I didn't hear, if I didn't know that my belief system was, oh, you don't get to have good things, Allison. If I didn't know that my belief system told me that tragedy was around every corner, if I didn't know that I didn't, if I didn't know that childhood belief, I would have just crumbled. But because I heard it, I was like, oh, I know that belief. I know that old belief. And I can't let it overtake me. I cannot let that happen to me or my children. So basically, when you know, because the truth is the great, great divider, it is the thing that brings freedom into a person's life. So, so for me, to know the truth is to be free. So even though I'm, I'm in pain, and also we have belief systems surrounding different things that we're experiencing. And we have belief systems around pain and around anxiety and around tragedy. So my my shifting over the years about pain has been a tremendous shift. So I really do believe that pain can be an incredible gift. It is the one thing that will create something in you if you let it. And I'm telling you, you got to let it. And it takes time to learn to let it. But Pain, if given the opportunity, will create the most beautiful things in you. It will create love in you. It will create understanding in you. It will create generosity in you. It will create a sense of non-judgment. Like you will never judge another soul when you've been through hell. And those kinds of that type of wealth that is accumulated through pain is absolutely worth more than all the money in the world, basically, or all the whatever goods in the world. Because being able to love 
being able to really, really love people, it is the best thing that you could ever experience. Other people experience it from you, but experiencing love for others that is gained through intense pain and tragedy is an amazing, an amazing, amazing outcome. It's very hard to know that when you're in a very dark time, that there could possibly be good outcomes. And that's why I kind of back up a little bit because we're talking about tragedy to triumph, but we're also talking about something else. We're talking about the incredible background, like our mindset, the landscape we live our life in. And that brings me back to the discussion we were, we were having before about our belief system. We, it's been called all different things, our paradigm, our, our blueprint. It's the map that we use to follow and get us places in our life. And we do not realize that if we keep using a faulty blueprint, if we keep following a map that takes us to the wrong place over and over again, it's like taking out a map or using a navigation system and you know you want to go to the Caribbean. You want to be there. You want to be in the sun. But you get out. You follow this map that you believe is taking you there. And you land in, I don't know, Mississippi. No offense to Mississippi. <laughs> I've never been there. I just thought about it. Pulled it out of my ass right there. So anyhow, so now you're, you have this perspective of you're going in this direction. And you're on a path that you believe is the right thing. And you end up in the same place. Like, how come I keep landing in Mississippi when I'm trying to get to the Caribbean? And I'm going to tell you right now, the reason is, is because your programming is programmed for Mississippi. So if you keep trying to make a certain amount of money and you keep having these things come and take, you know, these large expenses that keep you from saving money or you keep you keep doing everything to have the kind of relationship that you want, but then you keep finding yourself landing with the same loser <laughs> that you were just with six months ago and you do it again and again and again. And it's like so frustrating. But what I want to tell you is the answer, there is literally an answer for it. And if I just want to scream and shake your shoulders, because if you knew it and you followed it, it's not hard. It isn't. It's super simple. It just requires attention. I tell people in my women, my women of excellence group, I tell them we have to be awake and aware in the now without judgment. What that means is we have to have our head, our heart, and our feet all in the same spot. So we have to be awake and know what's going on around us and, in, and be aware of the way that we're thinking, the way that we're feeling and the things that we believe. And we have to be able, and in the now, and then we have to, once we're aware of these beliefs, like, you know, let's say you have a belief, you know, I'm just not good enough. Now, if you don't know that you are living in that mindset, everywhere you go, you're going to shrink into not good enough. You will play that out. You will create that in your life. You will choose people who see you as not good enough, or you will choose people that you're not, that you feel less than around. There's so many different variables that could play out with that programming in you. So the reason that 
And this is what my book is called. It's called The Truth is Good Enough because most people, we've been taught not to know the truth. We've been taught not to look inside and ask ourselves the real question. What do I really believe here? We just believe it and then react to life with that mindset and that belief. And it creates outcomes that we hate over and over and over again. And I want to tell you, it's time to wake up, especially the way our world is right now. It is time to be self-aware. It is time to go inward. It is time to ask the right questions. I'm going to tell you, I know this. I'm an expert question asker. Being a therapist for my most of my life, my, my adult life, forever I've been a therapist. I run counseling centers. I, I teach other people how to be a therapist. And the number one thing is we have to know what is true inside of us. If we do not know that, if we just follow blindly the life or the belief system that was let, that just landed in our lap and we become passive recipients of whatever the hell comes our way, we're never going to get where we want to be. No matter what, we're going somewhere because life is fluid. We create life. Life is a creative experience and it's fluid and it's always growing, morphing and changing. And if we don't direct it, it's landing somewhere. And the way that it typically is directed is through your neurological system because we are born with 25 billion nerve cells, right? And what ends up happening is that by the time we are between two to seven years old, we have one and a half quadrillion synaptic connections, which means the synaptic connections come from the meaning, the definition, the opinion the belief that we have created around an event that came in through our five senses. And when you're two years old and you have an experience and then the belief system, the meaning you attach to that experience is immediately stored in as a synaptic connection in your brain system. And basically what ends up happening is that becomes your belief system over time. And then we have something in our brain called the reticular activating system, which filters out information and it will, it will allow us only to take in information that supports what we already believe. So if our belief system is established when we are born throughout our, our very young life until we're seven years old, and it continues to develop, might I add, that it's, it's fluid, that we have the ability to change the way we believe, we have the ability to change the way we think, our brain is completely, it's moldable, but most people just are like, oh, that's just what I think. Eh, that's just what I believe. Uh, you know what? I've been taught that, you know, that's, I've known that my whole life. It's just the way it is. Well, who says that that's true? So what I'm saying is that most people do not take the time to turn around, look at themselves and ask themselves a question. Like the question would be, do I really, really believe that? Where did I learn that? And do I want to continue to believe that? What is that belief producing in my life? So let, let's say you believe that you're not good enough, or you believe like what I was saying, that I just can't have this great thing. Cause I had a great marriage and it's gone. So, you know, I'm like, well, 
does that mean that I can't have great things? Because that was where I was going. I was going, I'm like, look at me. I just worked in my whole life. I'm, you know, pouring everything out for everybody else. And, you know, I look like I've arrived, have all this greatness and bam, it's gone. Maybe I'm not meant for it. Bullshit. That's not true. But the belief was somewhere buried in, like it was an old belief, right? So if I followed it, I had a choice. I could follow that belief or I could say, that's not true. What's true is that every time I have something super difficult happen in my life, it creates something incredible in me if I let it. And when that unbelievable, incredible thing happens for me, it's for me. When that happens, the goodness that I can give out to other people because of my pain, because of my struggle, because of my decision to utilize it in such a way that I'm going to be a better person, that I'm going to understand people more, that now I'm going to really understand how people feel in my situation now, that the goodness I can spread is so amazing. Like how I can make a decision to do that. And that's the point. We get to decide what we do with the external events in our life. And I'm going to, I'm going to touch on this other thing. And I, you know, you guys have probably heard me say this, but I'm not going to stop saying this, that in order to be emotionally sober, if you want to be a person who is emotionally sober, what that means is so sobriety of the mind, sobriety of the emotions. If you want to be that, then it is very, very important that you do not become blown about by every wind. Now, believe me, I'm not saying that my experience was a was a wind. It was a fucking tornado. Excuse my language. I can't believe I cursed. I try so hard not to curse on here. But anyhow, so the truth is, is that we get to decide. So what most people are doing with their life is that they're living in a state of reaction instead of a state of creation. So in order to move through tragedy to triumph, you have to shift from being in a state of reaction to being in a state of creation. So in the moment when that all happened with my husband, I was in a state of reaction. I was reacting to what was happening in my life and all my emotions, of course, which is natural. Of course, I'm going to do that. And it's just a total state of reaction, horrified, all of that. But then at some point, and I'm not saying immediately, but whatever, we have to be able to, at least for periods of time, say, this thing is not happening to me. It's not like I'm not a victim. You know, I am a person who's experiencing a thing that is horrible. But now I get to decide from the inside out how I'm going to handle it. The majority of people, when they come into our office here or whatever at Logger Counseling Services, mostly what happens is that when people are in conflict with one another, when people are in conflict with themselves, they blame external things. Oh, it's because my job sucks. Oh, it's because I have this horrible relationship. Oh, because, you know, I can't find somebody I love or because, oh, some, this person died or because, you know, I've had nothing but hardship my whole life. But basically, it's because of that. It's because of something outside of them. And the incredible awakening is to stop and say, wait a minute, what is happening inside of me? We have no business trying to fix things outside of ourselves before we know what's going on inside of ourselves. So what we typically do is we try to, in a reactionary state, we try to change and manipulate outside 
people, places, and things in order to fix our internal experience. I'm going to pose to you that the best way to live life and the way to be emotionally sober is no matter what is happening outside of you is to go inside and ask the question, what is it about this experience that feels this way in me? What conclusions am I drawing? Instead, So what we do is we try to stop that external thing. So then we become dependent on external people, places, and things to determine how we're going to feel on the inside. If we do that, then our emotional state is dependent consistently on our environment, on our life, the way it's unfolding, the life that we are not in charge of. Do you understand? So the way to shift is to first go inside and say, what is it about the way that that person looked at me or the way that that person spoke to me that is causing so much anger inside? What opportunity did they give me to feel this feeling? Because people all around us give us an opportunity to feel things that we would not feel if they did not do the thing that they did, right? So it's instead of looking at it as I'm a victim of you because you did that to me. So I feel this way because of you. No, I feel this way because I'm dreadfully afraid. I feel this way because I'm dreadfully afraid of losing you. I feel this way because I don't believe that I'm really good enough. And the way that you looked at me proved it to me. You know, I feel this way because I feel like I can never measure up to you. But people are not owning that and owning their own stuff. They're, they're blaming outward and saying, I'm a victim of this. I'm a victim of that. This did this to me. I'm going to tell you right now. You can live your whole life like that. And people may, you, you'll get a lot of warmth and cuddlies for that. People will agree with you, but it doesn't make for a very good life. So the thing that makes for a really incredible life is being a human being who says, you know what? My thoughts are kicking my ass and I have to do something to stop that. My feelings are feelings that I cannot stand and I have to find a way to do something about that. And what I'm believing is creating a mess in my life. And I don't want to believe what I believe anymore. So the first thing we need to know also is what I was telling you about a neurological network that is kind of built in our body, right? From these um, just insurmountable, every little nuance that happens in a baby's life or whatever, they have a brain is designed to orient a human being to their environment and to make an opinion about it. And it needs to kind of, you know, label the data that it's getting in order to keep you safe. So what it'll do is it'll, you know, it might say, if you, if a baby sees a man yelling, it could be as simple as men are bad. Now I'm not saying now, clearly that's just a simple conclusion done in a blink of an eye. And it's things that we don't even aware. We are not aware that they are happening to us or they're happening to a baby. And what can happen is that it just builds. It just builds. I know very often if I see a man walking with a child, I often think that they're being mean to them or they're doing something wrong. And that's not true. But my immediate reaction is, ah, what's happening? I, I perk up and I look. And that's because of my own personal experiences and things that I've experienced in my life. But it is, makes me on, on alert. So I need to be aware of the fact that I have a belief system. I have a neurological system that 
has me bent towards seeing people in that way. Instead of assuming something bad about another human being, you want to be able to make a good assessment about what's happening. So let me go back to what I'm saying. So now you've heard this a million times, probably, but maybe not. Whoever hasn't heard this, I'm glad you're hearing it now. We think a ton of thoughts a day. Now they're saying it's up to like 90,000 thoughts a day. I think I actually, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I think about 200,000 thoughts a day, but they say about 90,000. So the thought that the 90,000 thoughts that we think a day, they say that 91% of those thoughts are the same thoughts that we thought yesterday. And our thoughts are electrical impulses that are on a loop. So if you notice that the things that you're thinking are the same things you thought yesterday. So how can you create from something that you have all, you can't create something new from old thinking, but we do it all the time. We say that we cannot do things because we're operating from an old thinking pattern because we cannot do a new thing with an old thinking pattern. Another thing. So what happens is that our core belief system or this kind of neurological network that has all of these synaptic connections, it is dictating the thoughts that are spewing regularly, that are on on repeat, and the repetitious nature of them also supports the belief system and the repetitious thoughts create more belief. The belief causes more thoughts. The thoughts cause more beliefs. And in the mix of all of that, that interacts with it, is that we have feelings, which are chemical reactions in our body, and our feelings, um, we become addicted to the feelings that we feel the most. So it's a good question to ask yourself, what feeling have I rehearsed throughout my life the most? What feeling am I drawn back to? And what I want to say to you is that I made a commitment to myself, and I'm still committed to it, is that the feeling state that I am not moving away from. And when I do move away from it, I know that there's something happening that I need to address. So my feeling state that I want to be married to is enthusiasm, it's joy, and um, it's a state of peace. So I want to live in that state. I believe that we're meant to be in a state of goodness and peace and joy. And if you think about all good things come from that kindness, love, good outcomes, you know, and it's not, it doesn't mean that you're foolish. It doesn't mean that you're blind to things that are dark around you. It just means that you're happy no matter what, no matter what's happening around you, that doesn't determine how you feel, but it does require one thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of wrap up with this. Our bodies require something called homeostasis. And what that means is, is that our bodies require us to maintain a baseline. So if you have a baseline feeling that you have felt your whole entire life or the majority of your life, if you start to move away from it, you say, oh, you know, I'm going to experience joy or I'm going to experience peace. I'm not going to experience anxiety. What I'm going to do. So I'm, so when you're practicing this and you're pivoting away from thoughts that are distorted and shifting into new beliefs that don't, they do not feel comfortable. Remember, if you want to change your life, don't try to feel comfortable. Comfortable is not going to get you to a new, fantastic, joyful life. What's going to get you to a new life is walking through the discomfort and believing new things and thinking new things, creating new thoughts, creating new beliefs, and in turn, creating new feelings because you will not bow down 
to a chemical in your body that you've become addicted to. And you're aware of the fact that you're going to go through a withdrawal chemically from that feeling if you move away from it. Because our body wants to call us back to baseline. Even if the baseline is horrible, you notice people can't get out of patterns that they're in because our bodies want to keep us there because it seems safe. It feels safe to be in a repetitious experience. And our bodies um, really love maintaining that because they, they are trying to keep us surviving. But we have to remember the most important thing is that we are in charge of our bodies. And if we're not, our body is in charge of us. And if our body is in charge of us, that means that um, a whole neurological programming system is automating us. A whole uh, thinking automated system is also um, running us. And a chemical automated system is running our emotional state. So our, our belief system about life, our thoughts, the way that we think, and the way that we feel is being dictated basically by a program and you're a bot. Basically, that's what happens. And I'm, I'm here to tell you it's time to wake up. It's time to no longer be willing to follow basically wiring and stuff inside of our bodies because if we forget that there's a me inside of me that's not just my body, that I need to be in charge of my body. My body is my temple. My body is the thing that's a beautiful thing that's carrying me around on this life, but it's, it's not in charge unless I let it be. I'm going to tell you something right now. If I let my body be in charge of me, you have no idea where I would be. I would be depressed. I would be not fit. I would be in bad relationships. I would be angry. I would see myself as a victim and a martyr. There's a lot of things I would be if I allowed my body to be in charge. So the experience that I have had in going through many, many tragedies in my life, which is interesting to me because I do believe that these tragedies have come. They're not, believe me, they are, they're not, they're horrible, but what they have, they have served me well. And the way that they have served me is that they have taught me that your internal world, you can do so much with your internal world, even when there's darkness around you. And one, I'll tell you something, a lot of wisdom came from one of my kids and they all had really great wisdom about the situation. But one of them in particular, Caleb, my son, he said, you know what? We feel so bad most of the time. You know, this is right when this all happened. He's like, we're in so much pain. He said, when we have those moments that we think of something funny or we actually, because you get a break when you're grieving, you know, it comes in waves. So when you have those precious moments that are good, he's like, I think all of us should really maximize them. So when we want to laugh, let's just really laugh hard. And when we are grieving, let's just grieve hard. Like just... Whatever you're walking through, I, we, I kind of considered it like this. No matter what, I got to walk through it. The only way out is through. That's it. I'm not, I'm not going to get around it. So when I'm talking about pivoting from our emotions, changing our thinking, changing our belief system, I'm not talking about repressing feelings. I'm a therapist, for God's sakes. I'm about walking through shit, facing it, but not letting it overtake you or tackle you. So yeah. So I kind of look at it as walking on a path. 
And I've been looking at it since the day he died. That's how I've been looking at it. Wow. There's like the first day of the path was like, there's rubble. There's it's like a bomb blew up in, in, in my house and my family. It's just like, there was shit everywhere. Like there's smoke. I can't see. I'm like cut up. I'm trying to walk through this thing, but I'm going to keep walking because I got to go through it in order to get out of it. So I just was like, all right, this is hot. Like it's hot. And it doesn't feel like you're ever going to get out. And it's, this is with anything. This is with an eating disorder. This is with a drug addiction. I don't give a shit what it is. You know what? You got to walk through it. And when you're walking, it's like, then there's going to be like a little clearing and the, and the, and the ground is a little smoother. And it's like, wow, I can, I can kind of walk right now. And then like you, then this is a boulder and you trip over it and you fall and you're crying and then you get up again and you just keep going and there's dark and it's raining and it's cold and you're sad and there's a bomb and this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then like, finally, finally, then, then you start to see a clearing and then the sun. So then you have like a day or two, two days, maybe where you, you can actually feel good, but then you know, it, it's a continued path. But as you're doing it, you're creating something. Instead of saying, oh, I'm a victim of this. Oh, this is horrible. This, it is horrible. And you feel it, but it's how you feel it. So I would feel it, but and as, it, as an honoring of, you know, he's worth, you know, he deserves my, he's worth those tears because he's so freaking great. But at the same time, it's like, Whatever it is, I'm mad today that I'm alone. I'm mad that I have to, you know, figure out how to use my sprinkler system alone. But then it's like, but I'm not a victim of it. So I'm mad about it. What am I going to do about it? I'm going to get on my knees in my yard and I'm going to open up a YouTube and I'm going to learn how to fix the sprinklers. And that's what I'm going to do. And like the other, like on Christmas day, I'm like, okay, you know, like uh, he's not here, but you know what? I wanted this exercise thing. So I'm going to go buy that badass thing. Somehow I'm going to figure out how to get it home and I'm going to build it. And I've never done anything like that in my life, but that's part of my healing. That's part of, I'm going to, I'm not going to be a victim of, oh, I don't have him anymore. I can't do it. No, I'm going to do that thing. Let me tell you something. I built that bitch. You have no idea. It took me like literally like 14 hours. And I was like, I would not give up. I'm like, there were pulleys and all this stuff. There's like the big weight thing, you know, like the universal shit thing. What I, I use it every day now. It's freaking unbelievable. And you know what? It works well. And I just methodically, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to lay down and say, oh no, I can't do this because now I don't have him. No. How will I do it now without him? So it's not, I feel the sadness, but it's how I feel the sadness. This hurts. So my response to the hurt is, how am I going to become victorious over this hurt? How am I going to make a hurt a victory? How am I going to use this as an opportunity? You know what I did? I learned how to use a socket wrench. I knew, learned how to do, I looked it up. I'm like, how do you use a socket? Oh, I got to go find it. Then I have to fumble through all the tools in my garage, figure it out in the cold. But you know what? I walked through it and I decided to do that because I'm going to win no matter what. I don't give a shit. So it's like I'm walking through it. So you feel it. There's a difference. You feel something, but it's how you feel it. Do I feel it as a victim, as a person who has to lay down and just be the person stuck in the loss? Or do I feel it with love and honor for him, love and honor for myself and for my children and acceptance of my reality? 
And how can I make it better today? What can I gain from this sadness today? And that is the key. This is the key to getting out of tragedy into triumph. You feel it, but you don't let it own you. You're in charge of your body. You're in charge of your outcomes. You're in charge of the meaning you attach to it. You're in charge. So you can lay down and some, believe me, you have no idea how many, I have laid down. I've laid down and be like, I can't, this, I'm never going to be able to get over this, but not long. I can honestly tell you guys, probably the amount of time I did that was 15 minutes at a time. Then like, nope, up you go, girlfriend, you're getting up. Same the way I dealt with COVID. You know what? Three days, you know what? Jesus Christ was beaten and <laughs> battered. And you know what? He only took three days. I got up and showered and made sure. You know what? I'm not saying if you're sick, do that. You know, just, but that is what I did. And actually it worked. Mind over matter. I felt great after that. I was like, you know what? Three days, I think is enough. I'm showering now. <laughs> and I'm going to work out. But anyhow, so guys, I want to wrap this up. I want to ask you, please, you know, as we go through this um, podcast, I'm going to have different guests on here. I'm going to be really authentic. I'm going to share with you different life stories. I just want you to get something out of it. Find a pearl, find something and actually do actionable steps that are going to change your life. You have an opportunity. I'm not here for, you know, this doesn't, I don't, I don't get anything from this except knowing that one person out there might feel a little bit better today. They might be awakened out of their automated system. So what I'd love for you to do, if you could just like, like and share, if you feel like somebody's going to really get something out of this, I'd really appreciate it if you just send it that way, because I really, really want to help as many people as I can before I hit my grave. Okay. So I bless you. I thank you for this day. I thank you for listening. It really is an honor that you sat and really shared this time with me. It means a lot to me. Be blessed. And I'll talk to you next time. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. I just want to say to you that we are all together a part of the mission, Mission Awake, a mission that's going to stop the mediocrity that's plaguing all of us. So if you got something here today, I ask that you would be a part of this mission and you'd share it with whoever you can. Take a screenshot of the show and share it on your Instagram. If you are looking for me, you can find me on social media platform, Instagram, Allison Answers or Logger Counseling Services. And give us a, a review and subscribe if you could to YouTube. Allison Answers. That's where you're going to get a lot of content. I drop stuff every day, goofy stuff, all different kinds of stuff. Five-minute videos that just get you moving in your day. Have a great week. See you next time.